You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again today. I have Eve Evans on the show. Eve is kind of spooky. Ooh. <laughs> um, actually, I found Eve in the strangest of ways, um, but we won't go into all those details. That's for her and I to know and you to never find out. <laughs> that makes it sound really bad. I know. <laughs> I guess it does. Well, so you have a show about true crime. You have one about haunted um, yeah. type things. So tell tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. First of all, we're going to jump into some of the cool things that you're doing with your podcast. Okay. So you want to know about the podcast? Yeah. But first I want to know just a little bit about yourself, how you grew up and then we'll head into the podcast and your books and everything. Okay. So I was adopted at birth. And my mom, my biological mom was 16 and went to the same church as my parents. And I didn't really know much about my biological dad growing up. But as I got older, my mom let me know who my biological mom was when I was 21, which is kind of a fight because she didn't want to let me know for a long time. And my biological dad was in prison for murder. And that was definitely a different experience when you grow up. I don't know if any of you guys are adopted, but when you grow up being adopted, sometimes if you really want to know who they are, you search people's faces when you walk down the street and go, do they look like me? Could they be my parents? And you think the worst case (laughs) and the best case scenario, like, oh, my mom could be a movie star or whatever. Right. So definitely the worst case on my biological dad. Um, I will circle back to that in a minute, but um, I did have a lot of, I had a, I want to say I had a very amazing childhood. I did. I had a lot of stuff that was memorable happen in my childhood, but my dad was very abusive to my mom and my adoptive parents. And that was hard. And there's definitely trauma from that. And when I became a teenager, he became abusive to me as well. So I actually turned to drugs for a little bit. And I had to learn the hard way on some of that. And honestly, when you do that, I dropped out of high school. My junior year, I had a 4.0 before that. And I threw all of that away for drugs and trying to escape kind of an abusive household. And I picked myself back up though. I decided to stay sober. I will, I, so all this is very deep and I don't tell most people this, but I got pregnant right when I got out um, of jail and I made the decision that I was done trying to escape my feelings. I was going to deal with whatever it was, however hard it was. And I did. I've been in recovery for 19 years now. (laughs) So, but I, I just became an entrepreneur. I started my own gardening business and I always wanted to write since I was seven. And so I started writing and that was because technically I lived in a haunted house. I lived in a couple, but this haunted house was so scary. I had to get medicated. And then my husband and I ended up splitting up for a little bit because I wasn't even sleeping. I was so scared to sleep. 
So I'm just going to quickly go through things that happened in that house. Um, so it's not too long, but one of the first things that happened when we moved in there is we were sitting on the couch and it's right here. So you come in the front door and it has that awkward layout where it has the weird front room that you could do something with, but no one ever knows what to do with it. Right. And then it has the next, the next room is the living room. And then it has stairs that go upstairs between the kitchen. And it was like midnight, one o'clock, which we usually don't stay up that late. And we heard footsteps running down the hallway. Well, my daughter, my youngest daughter at the time was four and she was scared to go to the bathroom. So she'd run down the hallway at night. And so at first we thought it was her. And then we looked at each other and we're like, wait, she's not here right now because I have two from an ex and he has two from an ex. And then we have one together. So the only person there besides us was our son and he was six months old and can't walk. So then we went upstairs and we were like, should we check that no one's in the house? And there was obviously no one up there. Oh my gosh. So that was the first one. And it wasn't like adult footsteps. It was definitely a kid, very mm. light. <laughs> um, the next one was, I don't know which, which order anymore. Cause it's been a while, but we were sleeping in our bed and in the middle of the night and something banged on the wall, you know, a cop knock, right? How loud it is. And it like reverberates. So it shook our wall so much. We woke up to our bed shaking, but the only thing is the other side of that wall is our son's room. And obviously he's not going to knock anything. So his closet's on the other side, but we have all of his clothes in his crib. That's on the other side of the room that he's sleeping in. His closet has like one onesie in it on a hanger. That's it. So there's nothing in there to do that. And I was like, terrified at that point. Then my husband and I started having night terrors and sleep paralysis. At first it was like every two to three weeks, then it was every week. And then it was like every couple of days. So we actually made a pact to try to wake ourselves up in the middle of the night to check on the other one, to make sure we weren't having a night terror or sleep paralysis. And that's where I started getting medicated because I started getting scared to go to sleep because I didn't know if bed was going to shake or if I was going to have a night terror. Um, then I was working from home cause I have a garden business and I'm working downstairs and my son's napping upstairs. And at the very end of the hall, all three of our girls share a room cause it's huge. And they have this claw machine from Walmart that goes da, 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 da. And it goes faster as the claw gets ready to drop. So I'm down there working and I hear cloud music and I'm like, so I go upstairs and I unplug it and I'm like, okay, it was plugged in, just freaked out. Okay, cool. So I go back down and I'm working and about 10 minutes later, it goes off again. So I call my husband at work and I'm like, the thing, I unplugged it. And he's like, did you check for the batteries? And I was like, oh, okay. So I go take the batteries out, go back down about 10 minutes later, it goes off again. And I'm calling him freaking out. And not all these things, a lot of like shows say that they happen at night. They don't always happen at night. Trust me. They happen during the day often. So we threw that away. That toy went bye-bye <laughs> and they had Furbies, which obviously Furbies go off. So that one, I'm not really going to mention because those things are kind of evil. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> creepy looking. If that was paranormal or not, but, um, in the middle of the night in our bathroom door drawers would be open 
you could hear them opening. You wake up in the morning, some of the drawers and cabinets would be wide open and you'd be like, um, okay. So I did not sleep very well in that house. I wanted out of there really badly. And the same year that all that was happening, I don't think they're related. I just think it's quite a coincidence that it was like such a evil place to live. And it was like the worst year of my life. So I don't know if that had any influence on it or not, but my adoptive mom got a cold in November and within a couple of weeks, she was in the hospital and she was completely healthy other than getting a random cold. And this is before COVID. This is 2014. And she died three weeks later and they have no idea why. Cause they tested her for everything. She came back negative for pneumonia, everything. And, um, May of that year, my biological father, the one who was in prison for murder, um, this is another, <laughs> I'm telling you so many personal things. Um, I wonder about this. I've actually consulted psychics about this and they tell me that he didn't kill himself, which did not make me feel better, but, um, he killed himself in prison. They found him. But the only thing is he wrote me a letter like two days before that telling me he would call me on Monday. And if you watch enough true crime, people don't usually plan to do things if they're going to kill themselves. So I'm not saying it's not possible. He was in a really messed up, well, you know, his own doing. Um, so it's possible, but it has me wondering. So circling back to um, my biological father in prison, is that okay? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, obviously when I found out that at first it's very intimidating and scary and you're not sure if you want to know that person because how could somebody hurt somebody like that? So I finally did write him a letter just maybe to see what he was like. And then I ended up going to visit him a couple times. I didn't really like going in there though. Um, but he was actually a really kind guy. I'm not saying that what he did, is not okay. Um, cause it's not, but it's not what I thought at all. Like he was very, very artistic. He could wood burn anything into wood. Like he, I definitely got my artistic ability from him. I can draw really well. And so could he, and it just made me really sad. The more I went and saw him is that he threw his whole life away and he could have done so much. Like he could have made custom furniture for people. That was like amazing. But, um, with his crime, all I know, or all that I really remember is that he was doing a bunch of drugs and was like 19 and he had a girlfriend. They went and did a drug deal and the guy took the girl back in the room and was doing stuff that she didn't want to do. And Dan went in there and stabbed him to death. And then instead of calling the cops, he drove the guy's car to the airport and hit it. So people would think he left town and basically covered it up. So if he hadn't done those, he probably would not have gotten such a bad sentence, but because it showed that he was trying to cover things up. It wasn't great for him, but still yeah. it's not okay. It's not, it, it's, uh, it's not, but it's also sort of understandable. Right. And then you have a 19 year old kid 
freaking out too, the whole situation. So, um, so tell me, how did you get into podcasting? Um, I started writing after the haunted house, after I moved out of there, I wanted answers. So I started interviewing people who'd been haunted because I wanted to know why these things happened to me. And I started that podcast the same way is I would interview people on there or just talk about haunted things like haunted objects and the stories behind them, because I wanted to know why, (laughs) but there I've learned that you're really not going to know until you die. There's so many different stories out there that, you know, everybody has their own experience. It's just, you're probably just not going to know those firm answers until you die. So, but that's why I started that. The true crime I started because I think because knowing my biological father got me kind of into that to why people do what they do a lot. I mean, I'm like everybody else. Like, I want to know why people do what they do. I like forensic files and all those cool shows. I wanted to be a cop. I didn't end up being a cop. So I'm just kind of into that. I like it. I, I grew up on uh, shows like Rescue 911 or um, what's that? Cops. And uh, there's another guy he used to do uh, shows about, uh, oh, Unsolved Mysteries. That's what it is. I love it. Um, so where can people, well, you also are an author. So where can people find your books, your podcasts, any of your audio? Uh, my books are on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, pretty much any platform and podcasts are every platform too. That's amazing. So yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, so where can people find your website? Um, www.getevebooks.com. Okay. And then really quick too, um, I know my reminders keep going off on my watch to ask you a couple other things because I I want to ask you Um, really quick too. Could you tell our listeners like what is one obstacle that you've had in your life and you've overcome it or are trying to overcome it? And I mean, just listening to what you've said already, I can already pick some of those things out of there, but what's the most significant to you? I would say drugs was a big one when I was younger because I see how many people struggle getting over that. And it is important to get rid of everybody and any place. Don't do it. Just start over. And yeah, I'm very proud of myself for that. I think people can do it if they really want to. And just know that no matter what you're going through, that you're worth it because when you're in that mind frame, you don't feel worth it. You just want to die or have everything go up in flames. (laughs) And also with writing, I have a lot of people message me a lot and I try to respond to almost everybody, which is hard sometimes, but I try to respond to a lot of people, especially if they say something was going wrong in their life and that my books inspired them is no matter what you want to do for a hobby. I have three kids I have a full-time business. I write, I podcast. Sure. I don't have a lot of time, but I enjoy it. And I think if there's something that you love, if you can't quit your job and do it, then try to start it on the side anyway, because everybody should do something that they love. I just, I feel like that's very important Mm -hmm. in life. 
Absolutely. I know some people are like, oh my gosh, how have you been podcasting for 16 years? I'm like, I love it. And I love talking to people like you, Eve. Your story is so much different than what I'm used to. I kind of want to have you on around Halloween because when you're talking about like the little kid footsteps and stuff in the hall, I'm like, ooh, goosebumps. Um, so what is uh, one of the scariest things you think that you've talked about? Or just give us a teaser so people can go listen to your show. Oh, my favorite one is actually an episode that came out yesterday. So on my true crime, I usually do a lot of crime, but this episode was kind of paranormal and true crime. So I don't know if you've heard about flight 314. It was a plane that went missing 35 years ago. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just miraculously showed back up and landed. So when it landed, they went out everything on the plane, they didn't make it anymore for like 26 years. So there's no reason why it would look brand new. So they go up in the doors and go in the plane, everybody's still on board, but they're all skeletons. Then they go to the crew, the cockpit, and the captain's still holding on to the controls, and he's skeletonized. But the thing is, before the plane landed, it circled three times because it was busy. Like, they couldn't land because it was busy. And then it landed. So who landed the plane? Because no one came out of there. They were all dead. So, so is it that, a tr true story? It is a true story. Oh, see, when I heard about it, I just thought it was fictional. Nope. It's completely true. So it's like one of the things I like to put at the end of my episodes, obviously what could have happened, you know, different things, but I don't know how you explain that. I really yeah. don't. Oh my so, word. I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to have to listen to that show. <laughs> you look it up. Them. It's, it's super creepy. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was watching some show on Netflix. So it sounds sort of similar to this. So, yeah, I know there's a couple missing planes that showed back up, but that one was the creepiest, I think. That's so. wild that that yeah. would even. I, I don't know. How do you explain it? How yeah. would you explain it being landed and even circling? Right. Oh, my word. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to actually, you know what I'm going to be doing after this show, right? I'm going to be researching the heck out of this. All right. Now your listeners going to want to know about it. Yep. Yep. So again, share one more time your website so people can find you. GetEveBooks.com. Okay. GetEveBooks.com. If you're watching, you see it on your screen right now. And if you're listening, it's going to be in the show notes. Um, thank you so much Eve for being on the show. I appreciate you so much. And, um, I think I want to have you on and like just before October, if that was okay with you, I'll touch base. Yeah. I can talk about my other haunted house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think this is such a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in every Friday for a new episode. Take care. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.